episode number 94. Can't pull that off. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. Well, hello. How are you? I'm good. You're good. Would you say that you're a morning person or a night person? Um, I think anybody that follows me on social media at all will know that I am 100% morning person. Except that your your lack of need of sleep in general means that you're sort of both. Well, yeah, kind of. I do. You're up earlier than me and you're like... And yeah, and you're way you're way later than me as well. I'm asleep. like ten o'clock. I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, I'm out here. I'm going to bed. Yeah, it was funny because you texted me last. Was it last night? Yeah, and you were like, "Oh, get me to go to bed." And I was probably up for uh, still another two exactly. hours. Exactly. I was testing out our sleep uh, and topic. And I was awake at three o'clock in the morning, if you can believe that. Well, I'll give you some interesting information about that. All right. Well, cool. I'll tell yeah. you because I will link this into quantified self because we've done that we've talked about quantified self and in of the course past. you have an app and for of course sleep. I have an app for sleep of course you do uh, doing all my sort of rhythms because we're going to talk about sleep we're going to talk about rhythms today aren't we body rhythms yeah and so last night I got five hours and 15 minutes of sleep good lord yes one hour and 50 minutes of deep sleep and three hours and 25 minutes of light sleep now how does it do that uh, it measures how much movement is happening. So it's linked to your f- watch? So it's, it's on my watch. And right, then, so you have an Apple Watch or whatever. Uh, no, I've what got is a, a smartwatch. Gar- Garmin Vivo Active 3. Okay. That's my plug for that one. Okay. You need to link that in the show notes. It's an awesome watch. It, co- it does everything. Um, measures your stress. Like, am I stressed today? Is that a 45? I could tell you what that sort of means, but um, we were as a medium, medium stress today. But that'll account for how much rest you have, how much activity that you've been doing during the day. And I've just come from the gym, so it'll be a little bit high from that as I begin to calm back down. All right. Yeah. So anyway, back to sleep. Well, I'm very interested in sleep, mainly because if you know how they always ask you these questions, like if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? And for me, it's always I wish I needed less sleep. Really? Why, yeah. Why, why, why would you say you need less sleep? Why would you I like wish sleeping, for less sleep? but I've, I would just, I have too much I want to do. Is that what it is? I mean, I don't want to like get rid of sleep altogether and be a vampire, but I would like it's it if I It's back to your busyness thing. You want to add more stuff into the day. You want to yeah, pack man. more in. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, well, I mean, I've always been a morning person, but partly um, I got myself to a place where I don't need as much sleep. But for that, probably that sort of similar reason, isn't it? It's like, ah, what was it? I think it was Conan, Conan the Barbarian. It's like time enough for sleeping in the grave. Well, um, I know, exactly. But so, then if I don't, yeah, if I don't get my seven and a half, eight hours, I'm like, mm, I'm just, well, that's not, just it. And, I can do it for a couple of days and then I really feel it. And I think it's because um, we, we I think it's about finding your rhythm, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, like I was reading some articles and they say, well, you should get seven or eight hours of sleep. Um, like even my app is saying that, you know, for all my age and all that other stuff, I should have eight hours. So I never meet my sleep target according to this app. Um, yeah. But then I don't, it's not like I set an alarm either. So I just go to yeah. bed 
when I'm tired. I have another friend who's like that, who lived, like his whole family, there's a, and it does say in all of these sort of sleep studies and stuff that it's genetic, right. how much sleep you need, and that there are some people, we read that article, didn't we? I sent that to you at some point. That was like, there are a genetic yeah. strain of people that don't need a, very a, much sleep. I'm a mutant, is yeah. what, you, what you told but me. But my friend Tom as well, he really needs just like you sort of about four or five hours of sleep and then he really can't sleep anymore yeah. and his daughter who's now maybe eight or nine she has the same she just doesn't need that much sleep so she's you know up till late at night and gets up fine and she yeah. just she just doesn't sleep any more than that and then the other kids you know are just sort of more normal like me well that's the thing for me it's like um like like last night i was up i was wide awake at three but i know if i get up, up, that okay, I'll suffer later that's on. That's interesting. So I'll give you the interesting thing I listened to in a TED Talk about that. So there's a cool TED Talk. I'll listen, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes um, by this woman called Jessa Gamble. It's super short. It's less than five minutes, and it's about our natural sleep cycles. She's basically a researcher that has taken people voluntarily, I might add, into a bunker for like months to study what happens when people are taken away from the natural cues to our biorhythms right so she starts off you know sort of telling us what we already know but which i found good to listen to again that we evolved as a species under conditions of changing light and dark so every single thing on our planet that is more than two cells has a chemical driven bioclock I was wondering about that. Yeah. Uh, as in, because uh, just about every organism needs to sleep. I'm like, what the heck is that all about? Well, every organism, it's not only about cells. sleep. It's also like she gives the example of a crab. And if you take a horseshoe crab away from its natural habitat on the mm -hmm. edge of wherever and take it across the country and it will climb up a like tube or pipe at exactly the moment that the tide is coming in across the country in its natural habitat, and it will go back down at exact time that the tide is going out in that location. And it'll do that for weeks, and it'll slowly, over time, lose the exactness of it. Right. But it has its own body clock for the tides. So it has so that's this cool. natural rhythm within it that says, hey, it's time for you to start climbing up some stuff that's or you're right. going to get uh, soaked by the time. That's right. So then as, as far as your sleep thing, what she said is that when she wanted to know what, if we're asking like what sleep patterns are there we have naturally, then she said that the people that she takes into the bunker sleep two times a night. They sleep from 8 p.m. to about midnight. Right. And from about 2 a.m. to sunup. Now, they don't know it's sunup. Right. But, you know. Um, and in between that time, there's a sort of meditative quiet where there's this surge of something called prolactin, which, you know, if I was a medical person, I would know what that means. But anyway, it's, I'm sure it's good for you. And, you know, then you, get, then you fall back asleep. So it sounds like that's maybe what you're doing. So it's... Um which I find that interesting. So because they're in the bunker, they can't tell whether the, the sun is in the light. That's right. They right. don't know what's, what time of day or night it is. Right. So they just let them go according to what their body clock is telling them, not what they're reacting to from right. the light. But, and how in sync are they with the sun and the moon? And then 
after what period of time does that lose? They lose, apparently they lose 15 minutes a day. Right. So their body clock shifts back 15 minutes. They wake up 15 minutes later every day. So slowly right. it shifts. Shifts and from apparently night to they'll, day or day to night? Or? Uh, if they're wa- they wake up, she said they wake up 15 minutes later every morning. So I guess it's shifting later. Right. And then, this is I suppose not an average, but she says they'll go all the way around the clock. Because they don't know, because it's weeks and weeks of them not having those sunlight cues. They'll sort of go all the way around the clock. So at some point during that period, they'll be sleeping in the middle of the day. I like it. But now, because their body clock has sort of shifted 15 yeah. minutes every day, so eventually. I think this ties in nicely with a conversation we had before in terms of the actual clock itself, as in mm-hmm. we've got a 24-hour clock, and but is that actually in tune with our natural rhythms? Kind of yeah. institute it more in relying when we went to sort of industrial age and yeah. having to be in a factory and all that sort of thing. And so we've kind of had And electric breakfast. lights. Electric yeah. lights are really the thing that changed with us for the body clock. Having breakfast at this time, lunch is at this time, dinner's at this time, and mm-hmm. kind of conditioning yourself like that. Because there is a, and I can't remember what it's called. I don't know if you just mentioned the word. There's a, and I'll have to find it. We can put it in the show notes, but an experimental thing as in sleep when you need sleep and then carry on. And you find that you sleep less. Hmm. and have more energy but the only problem with that is you're out of sync with everybody else interesting so okay. if I was like needed to sleep at 10.45 you would go to sleep at 10.45 until you naturally wake up and then carry on doing what you're doing but that hmm. just it completely puts you out of sync with and some um, there was a guy uh, Steve Pavelina I think he did an experiment where he tried to sleep in that kind of cycle when we take the break I'll have a I'll look up the exact term um, so we could talk about it in more depth. But I thought that was interesting. The other thing that I found about my cycles when I was in the military, well, well, this is actually interesting because you're making me remember a whole bunch of things. One, I read somewhere that um, if you're married, men sleep better when their partner's not there. Really? But if you're in, if you're with your partner and they're like, you don't sleep as well. Because mm. of, yeah, you know, I guess, ecologically, you think, and protection, all that kind of thing. And that's 100% true in my instance. I know when I'm away and I'm in a hotel, man, do I and, and Interesting. Fact, in, in fact, I actually, I wonder if that's the opposite for women. I have a harder time waking up in the morning when I go away and I'm alone by myself in the hotel. It's like... Man, is this what people feel like when they wake <laughs> up in the morning? Because I'm like completely yeah. like 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 dead. I must be dead. And then when I I wake up, it's like I, I feel all drowsy and don't want to get up. And it's like oh, I want to keep sleeping. Um, and then the other thing, when I was in the army, um, at home, normal mm-hmm. sort of stuff. I needed like I get little sleep now. When we were out in the field, I hardly needed any sleep. I mean, I was up. Till you know two, three in the morning, grab a couple hours of sleep. Not because I had to, but it's just the, my body was like, oh, "All right, we don't, we don't need any more sleep." Yeah, we're on vigilant <laughs> alert. Yeah. yeah, it was like, yeah, and it was like, yeah, yeah. we get two, two hours, three hours of sleep and be, and just keep on rocking and rolling. But um, I don't know how sustainable that is over time. But what, did you find that that was what other guys with you did? You know, or no. Back in those days, I wasn't quite as open with my philosophical questioning of others so I never actually asked anybody hey does this does this happen for you as well um no I don't know I, have no I mean idea. what but did you notice other people awake at that time 
Um, like all my soldiers would have been mostly sleeping. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So when I, apart from people that were on guard duty, of course, and yeah. Um, but yeah, most everybody was wanting to get because you want to get your rack. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of experience with uh, sleep deprivation as well. So okay. I did the ranger school, and we probably got about in certain phases maybe five hours of sleep for the week so you can imagine what that's like okay <laughs> so we used to i mean we're literally you would we would get to the you know i don't know the day and then the night we did our operations at night and in the daytime you kind of planning for it so they would go all right you got one hour <laughs> for sleep <laughs> and yeah. then we still had to do guard duty um in fact i have when I was at Ranger School. Mothers who have had infants go, yeah. No, they go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know. I wrote, I've, been, I've been on that Ranger training too. There you go. I used to write, a, when I was in Ranger School, I wrote Ruth a letter every, every day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know that I must have really loved you as I was giving up part of my hour of sleep for the day to write this letter. Yeah. And over time, you can see my writing deteriorate. It was really just scribbles. <laughs> That's really sweet. <laughs> so after a while, it was just like lines. <laughs> I love um, you. <laughs> illegible. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, interesting, the whole sort of yeah. sort of sleep piece and this whole rhythm. And what, so cycles. what did you find in terms of your cognitive like abilities and changes during that sleep deprivation thing? Um, one, you hallucinate like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I, and because we weren't eating a lot, we didn't get to eat much as well, so you got one, one meal a day. Um, and so... And this is what, preparing you for being out in like super yeah, dangerous, super, super op kind yeah, of, so right? The, okay. the sort of ranger units designed to have to be self-supported for 72 hours, but... No resupply, no help, no right, nothing. Okay. Yep. Um, and so I remember hallucinating. I must have dreamt about every food I ever ate in my entire <laughs> life. But vividly, you know, like people take psychedelic drugs and stuff like that. Just don't sleep for a while and you'll have all kind of visions. There were people that would go and try and put quarters into trees, thinking they were putting it in a vending machine. Oh, my word. Um, I mean, just do the... <laughs> It was a, well, the fact that they had quarters, like, well, why did they even have quarters? Right. Yeah, I know. You still have your things That's in your... funny. Yeah. But yeah. So it's it's interesting things that you kind of do when you are sort of sleep deprived. Yes, it is. Yeah. And did you come across anything in your reading that says, like, what, what like, why do we need to to sleep? Because you will die if you don't get sleep after yeah, a that time, Yeah, I, I saw this really interesting disorder that is I've never heard of before, but that people, there's a very, very rare condition that's genetic, that people, it's called like, you know, in like sleep deprivation death syndrome. You know what I mean? It's like literally you will die within 18 months of this diagnosis and they can't find a way of helping. But basically you sort of, it, it, it described it as the first three months you have severe insomnia the next five months you're just hallucinating and then you move into a state of almost like um severe dementia right and that and you do die yeah so i i mean it just didn't even occur to me that that was a thing you know what's the longest um, someone's gone without sleeping? i don't know that's well, a we'll good have question to google, we'll have yeah. to google that because it must be in the guinness book of world records well what i what i found when so 
my first son did not like sleeping like a lot of kids but then you hear the stories about the infants that are sleeping eight hours from six weeks and you want to punch those people (laughs) but um you know and then when I had my second son who I was only slightly better really but then you know they were sort of tag teaming a bit so at first my husband was in charge of boy one and I was in charge of boy two but over time you know you still get woken up and what I thought was sort of interesting about that is that you don't realize how cognitively impaired you are right you think you're fine yeah you know and for quite a long time you think you're fine and you're making decisions and I was reading um Ariana Huffington who you know started the Huffington Post and is quite well known now she wrote this book called Thrive because she actually you know had a basically collapsed right. physically collapsed because of overwork and part of this was sleep um, and other things and stress and stuff but um, she, in her book on on called Thrive she quotes Bill Clinton saying that you know so many of the the basically the worst decisions he ever made were under a situation where he was ty- overtired. Right. You know, and I think that, you know, well, move on something. from the Bill Clinton thing, but, you know. On the highway, they say tiredness kills, don't they? You see those. Yeah, yeah. and it, it is, you, you don't realize you're making such terrible decisions, but so basically, the only time I've ever crashed the car, touch wood, was six weeks after my first son, my second son was born, doing something dumb. And then. The other thing uh, I did when I was, yeah, it was after my second son was born. I was down here. We were driving around the camper van. And I, you know, I just, both boys were in the back. I hadn't slept in like years now, you know. And I uh, managed to put diesel in the water tank rather than the diesel tank. Oh, no. The drinking water tank. Yeah. Oh. Well, it wasn't drinking water because it's nasty but it's for you know like dishes and you know that kind of thing yeah so i put about three pounds worth of or you know five dollars worth of diesel into the tank and you know what was so crazy about that is the nozzle didn't fit and i just was like this is weird and i just did it anyway whereas under normal conditions you would have been like whoa wait a minute oh make it and caught yourself (laughs) but you know you just you just think you're you're okay. Yeah. No, I, so it's it's a weird, yeah. weird sort of phenomenon. You start that. drifting off, and but you, which is what I think is it, interesting because you do start drifting off and seeing things, but but it doesn't feel like you're asleep, but you're a hundred percent asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for you, which I, that's that's the thing that fascinates me, like because it's so vivid, you know, like because if people, and I know we're not, I wasn't going to talk about necessarily lucid dreams today, but. Like, I'm really fascinated by mm. lucid dreaming, um, which is, uh, if people aren't familiar with that, is where you're, a, where you're, a co- you're conscious inside of your sleep, yes, in your dreams. Right. You're conscious in your dreams. Yeah. Um, and, but it, when you're, only time I've ever really experienced that is when you're sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you're dreaming and you're doing stuff, but as far as, you're, as far as you feel, you are awake, but you're actually... A, Asleep, yeah. which I just find, yeah, that just fascinates me that it's, it's so weird, it's not. so vivid. Um, I think I'm needing a, another coffee, so yeah. it's probably okay. time to take a quick break. Cool. And we come back. What are we talking about? We need to talk I'm about. I'm going to tell um, you why you need to sleep, and then we'll do some uh, more on our daily rhythms, I guess. Oh yes, biorhythms. Yeah, exactly. And the weirdo experiments that the U.S. Army 
Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. Our goal for 2018 is to grow our audience, our community of contemplators like you. And we would really appreciate your help with this. Now, there's a few things that you as a listener can do that are pretty easy and simple that will really help us out a lot. So if you enjoy the podcast and want it to continue, it would be great if you could share it with a few friends who you think might enjoy listening. Um, Going to iTunes and giving us a review so that it boosts us in the algorithms and it can come across other people who might enjoy it. And if you'd like to financially support the podcast, you can go to the contribution section of our website. Thanks, and back to the show. Okay, so the men who stare at goats. Huh, yes, (laughs) tell us more. Uh, Well, some people may have seen the movie. Um, It was based off of a book that John Ronson wrote, which is based off of these experimental army unit. Bannon, I think his surname was. I can't remember the other guy that was involved. Um, and this was probably 70s, mid-70s kind of time in the army. And they were doing a lot of experiments, a lot of weird stuff. And the men who stare at goats was, because there was a claim at the time that a person could stare at a goat and make its heart stop. So the army was, or this particular unit, special unit, was practicing <laughs> to see if they could mm. make goats' heart stop. But why I'm telling you that story is because we we're going to talk about biorhythms. And one of, or part of, this experimentation unit was looking at the soldiers' biorhythms and what cycles in which they were perhaps the most effective and that sort of thing. So Okay, right. Now, I know, and, and this is interesting because, you know, some people, if we say biorhythms to you, naturally kind of think about the sort of new agey kind of thing. Because it is quite new agey biorhythms. I think, I think the thing is... Or this kind of biorhythms, anyway. Are we have because there's so much travel in people's work so everybody's you know jetting around the world well i'm not but some people are and then they have to deal with that and regardless there's a lot of people working late nights and there's a lot of um, you know ariana huffington talks in her book about the sort of um strained relationship with with sleep and she's sort of says sleep or how little of it we need has become a symbol of our prowess. I think that's really true in the workplace. It's yeah. like it's a thing to boast about how little sleep you've had and how, you know, sort of but I think it, it's, it's sort becoming of, a part of that sort of entrepreneur culture. You know, startups and entrepreneurs and no sleep. Don't need and, to yeah, sleep. And they all work all the time. Yeah. And it's, I think it's a really interesting sort of crux point of our acceptance that we're not machines and our constant sort of I don't know I feel like we we more and more we and maybe this is with an increase in our relationship to technology sort of demanding that kind of thing from our bodies and more and more we want to deny the fact that we're living things that are not machines and we can't always intervene on biorhythms you know, but I can imagine the army and all these experiments, part of the, I don't know, motivation is how can we most effectively intervene on someone's biorhythm? So if it's good to have some kind of night thing, how do we switch people over so that they're super effective at night and, yeah. and sleep during the day? Or, you know, how can we just 
click a button in people's minds and then switch what they need. Well, I think it was, um, and switching from that to biorhythms as the new agey aspect, part of this was kind of what you alluded to there. So um, if you're not familiar with the sort of biorhythms, it's based off of your birth year and date. Oh, uh, what's that? Um, well, there's, yeah, biorhythms. That's, that's why I say some people will look at this yeah. and say, if you hear that term, you'll think of the new agey type stuff. But basically, like on this app here, you put your birth date in, in, in year, and I guess you can get even more specific if you got the time of birth. And then it puts you in sync with the planets. You know, like the Earth and rotation and all that. It's all oh. a part of a cycle. Um, and then it breaks it down into physical, emotional, intellectual. So this is a little bit like the sort of... Um uh, like you know, you're like I'm Taurus well, ast- and yeah, astrological stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A little bit. Um, so physical, emotional, intellectual, intuition, spiritual awareness, and aesthetic. Is I love the, that you have an app for this. Is the um, rhythms, <laughs> but you can do this manually as well. But now they have apps, so as you say, the machines and technology. But once you put it in, then you can look at on any given day. Like today is March the twenty second. So for me. Um, my emotional is very down, negative 97. So maybe that's why I'm looking so calm, so calm and chill. <laughs> um, and that's all based on like the planets. and It's based on your relationship to the Earth's right. rotation and yes, planetary. Yes, yes. So that's okay. real kind of yeah, peace. Yeah, yeah. My, I yeah. shouldn't be doing this podcast maybe today, minus 97 for me. Intellectually, I'm down. <laughs> Everything is down except my aesthetic sense and physical is kind of middling but um, to go chill today yeah chill yeah right that's too funny Um, well this is a good a good moment to talk about it too because of course yesterday was the equinox so everywhere in the northern is it the northern hemisphere no i suppose in both hemispheres it's the equinox so it would be the autumn equinox in the southern hemisphere and the spring equinox in the northern hemisphere but equal day and night and you know when this one was talking about how we evolved near the equator so humans evolved near the equator so we're actually evolved really powerfully to deal with approximately 12 hours of sunlight and 12 hours of darkness and I think for me growing up in Florida it's the thing that's hardest for me to deal with being this far north of the equator in England and when I moved up to Scotland for that two years it was literally that was the hardest thing was what is it what did it do to you though were you more tired I just feel um like in the summer even down here when it doesn't get like some people just love the late evenings it's like light till 10 10 30 like me yeah and I'm just like I'm a sun baby I feel like there's a some kind of stress I perceive in my body when there's two when there's sun that late at night. I oh, just really? I want to escape it. I'm what's like, your, what's your I'm star shutting sign? blinds. Taurus. A Taurus. We we'll have to look at that because I'm a sun baby, man. So, Are you? Yeah, Leo, Lion, Sun, and right. I. The more light, the better. Interesting. <laughs> the well, well, but that also goes with how little sleep you need, maybe as well. And I'm getting more happy as the days are getting lighter now. I now. am happy in the yeah. equinoxes. So, <laughs> autumn equinox, spring equinox. Yeah. Three weeks either side of it, that's where I'm at. So I don't Everything dig the darkness. Seems, I hate it when it's too dark. Yeah. I, li, well, yeah, but I actually, I hate it just as much when it's too... When it's dark all too, the time? No, no, when it's too sunny. Right. So I'm, when you're talking summer solstice, winter solstice, they're sort of equally not good for me in that sense. 
I'm ah. really much happier when there's about. So now, if you, you know, were putting all of this sort of biorhythms and things like that into practice, so part of this would be: do you pick the your environment, the location? So should you go some move somewhere, or relocate somewhere where you're again at your most effective? So where you thrive? That was the name of the book of uh, Ariana's books, it? isn't it? Yeah. So do you move to a place where you can thrive? Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I'm thinking it's about possibly these that of, we actually that we sort of do that without really realizing that that's one of the aspects that we're re- relating to. You I don't know? Th- maybe people, I don't think people will necessarily think about that. Yeah. Necessarily. In terms well, of and that there's a lot a of people, passion. you know, because actually... Well, some people do. I want to be somewhere where it's sunny. I want to go, you know, like... You know, when you think, think about, about the states, nobody's actually that high up away from the equator. You know, like we are... Where we are in England, yeah. near Birmingham, is at the level of Calgary in Canada. Okay. So we're already in England up longitudinally way above where the States is. So and that affects you, that does. Well, so I think I'm still okay here. Yeah. But the change between light and dark, even here where we are, much less like, you know, six, seven hours drive north into Scotland mm. is like m- much higher than most people in the States experience, for instance. Ah, I see. So... Yeah, I don't know. I think there's there's sort of a bandwidth in which you're sort of okay, and then I move outside that, and I'm like, whoa, no. Now, how in tune with you? Because I think thinking about the listeners and things like that and how we're tying this all together, um, how in tune are you with your bodies, what your natural biorhythms, as we sleep patterns? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I feel like I'm very much ruled by the clock, so I'm not sure. Because I do need... A lot of sleep or more sleep. Than so during I a 24 hour period, but what's your best time of the day? Morning, for sure. Definitely morning. But w- what time morning? Because uh, morning for me is five o'clock. Right. No. <laughs> morning for me is like eight, nine to start work. Right. Like I'm quite happy with the schedule now in terms of kids get dropped off at school just before nine. I'm at the coffee shop at nine o'clock and I've stopped. So put those, put those aside for just a second. And if you were in, an, in, a, in a world where it was just you, just think, yeah, just you for the moment. When is, when do you do your best work? If I, maybe if I phrase it that way. That's a good question. I mean, I, period? I think, yeah, maybe nine thirty to 12.30, best okay. work time. Yeah. 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 And they said, so then there's this whole field of psychology that studies the variation in mental and physical performance of each person throughout their day. So they're basically studying your sort of daily biorhythms yeah. in terms of your brain activity. And it's called chronopsychology. So it, it, they study things like what, how does your attention sp- you know, sort of fluctuate throughout the day, your memory, your thinking, your reaction time, all that kind of stuff. And on average, although they said this varies if you're a night owl versus a morning person, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. is your best intellectual time. That's Mid- a person or That's just people. average. Oh, average. Average. Okay. Uh, midday, your brain slows down, and then it picks back up between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Um... And I think that's probably about right for me. It, yeah. it, it made me think, actually, it's true. My afternoons, I'm not great. I'm better at, like, taking a break, and I come home, and I end up, like, sort of doing errandy stuff. Hmm. 
but then I'm sort of ready to start work again about three. But of course, I'm picking up my wild children by then, and so that's yeah. coming up. But but I do think that there's something to that, and it's sort of I think for me having being in this world of self-employment and having to figure out for myself you know I've had to sort of stop teaching yoga in the mornings because I'm that is my peak writing time and if I get rid of that I can't go right I can't start writing and doing my all that kind of work at 11 12 o'clock yeah it's I'm done by then yeah. like you know so I think for everybody listening as well you know whether you're self-employed or not it's sort of you know I, th- I find this the same sort of thing like if you want to start up a meditation practice, some people seem to do better in the morning. Some people seem to do better trying it in the evening before bed. So it, you know, I think paying attention to your individual, you know, sort of rhythms throughout the day is, is quite important for all of us. Yeah. Because I probably do my best, um, thinking first thing in the first thing in in the morning. So there's a, yeah, so there's a period of, of I guess my most best reflective time is the sort of five six ish time frame. But then I need activity, so then that's when the brain stuff kicks in and I do You're walking more of the reading. No, no, oh, okay, reading. right. Yeah. Um, and when I, when I write or something like that, that's a good time for me to do it. And I'm good up until, if I, if I wasn't, if I'm not going into a, an office or working with a client, I'm that intense period of focus and it lasts probably to about 8.30-ish. Okay. And then I would need to move on to something else. But what's interesting about that is that it's about three or four hours of time. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, what, you know, so they've blocked out three hours, 10 to 1, yeah. as Beck said. And I, think, and I think that's right. I think that, you know, people that talk about working, you know, 10 at 12, 14-hour days and stuff, you think you're not working the same at the same level yeah. throughout that period yeah. of time. And I think getting to understand what, so you can shift, because I think that's a great way of uh, doing your, it, well, yeah. handling your to-do list and your task list. So, mm-hmm. like, I know I'm no good at come sort of 2 to 3.30-ish, 4. That's just wasted. That's time to do something that doesn't take any mental energy for me to do. And then I pick back up that 4. And it's almost like I get a second or a third one or whatever. Um, yeah. And then, so I, and I can't read at night. Oh, so while I don't go to, I'll fall right to sleep if I start reading. <laughs> so that's why I do all my reading in the morning. Because if I pick up a book anytime after seven, that's me done. <laughs> so if I do need to get to sleep, that's the easy way for me to get to sleep is to pick up a book after seven. So if you have reading. your peak morning if you have your peak intellectual time from like 5 five thirty to about 8 30 hmm. then what's the rest of your morning like uh rest of the morning like if i'm physically doing stuff and moving stuff and activity wise so I, I need to be active during that oh, time okay yeah. interesting yeah so, so what happens then when you have to get up and go into you know an office or something like that and what well, what's time well because normally because that's dictated isn't it so yeah. i mean then you know there's there's people who are self-employed who can sort of move things around in mm. accordance with their sort of preferences. And then there's the, you well, know, so you, you have to be in the office at nine. And yeah, well, that works. I mean, it works out perfect in that sense. Uh, my clay time, as I call it, between five and seven is like, that's like 
perfect time. Yeah. Anything after that doesn't really matter too much. And then so if I'm going into the office, it's great because I'm probably at my highest, like, energy-wise and relationship yeah. to interacting with people and just f- f- an active energy as opposed to reflective yes, energy. Yes, right, 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 right. And so that's a good time for me to be interacting and mingling with people and doing the things that I do, training and stuff like that. Um doing intellectual stuff at between 2.30 and 4 is not good because that's like reading again it's like oh my brain's like doesn't yeah. want to do anything intellectual it just yeah, wants yeah. to chill yeah 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 but then if I make it to 4 o'clock you're cool I'm good yeah, yeah alright interesting yeah it's cool to pay attention to these things yeah I think you, I was trying to find more from this chronopsychology stuff but there's not actually that much out there there's a few sort of academic papers but they're really you know i just almost have given up with the whole academic yeah. paper stuff because reading psychology well, papers people is interested just in the biorhythms really there's probably a number of sites on google you could go to and just plug your birthday in and it'll give That's it to interesting. you okay right or, or there's apps like the app i'm using on the um iphones called it's just biorhythms if you type that in the app store you can find free ones right. of those um, if you're interested in that kind of mm-hmm. feel, and, and it's worth an experiment. So I think we're all about doing experiments. So you know, if you have that app and plug in, you know, your, and get your rhythms, and then see how it, and then pay attention to your activities and what you're doing, yeah. and how you know, and map them out for yourself. I really feel like this kind of thing has been one of my big journeys over the past year, getting myself, you know, so younger sons finally started school so now I have my days back after being a stay-at-home mom for a long time and you know I think for anybody who's self-employed it's really easy to get to get your schedule sort of taken over by the dictates of other people and to always respond to needs and say yes and so I think this topic actually sort of feeds into a lot of things we've talked about. And, and one of them is how to be effective without being too busy. You know, so it's like you want to accomplish what you want to get done in a day. So there is that drive. But if you're doing things at the wrong time for you, you're almost like making more obstacles for yourself. And I think you can like I've experienced moving into a state where you know if I'm doing a bunch of stuff at the wrong times it makes me feel almost like I'm just running around with the chicken with my head cut off and Mm. actually moving activities into the right slot in the day means that you're actually effective doing that activity and then you can move on whereas if I'm trying to do writing at, at times that my brain's not really working well then I'm just constantly frustrated and not getting anything done which means that that activity sort of stays on my list I can't check it off yeah do you see what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. so um yeah anyway well, I think it's great I mean, if you if you figure that out then you can look at your your to-do list your task list and you can say okay well I'm gonna make my activities based off of that I mean yeah you know, yeah I think it's uh, and you know the whole thing um you know to to circle back to Ariana Huffington because um, she's a real advocate for sleep now after having years of, you know, doing three hours, four hours and just really suffering. And, you know, we can all go and read all this stuff on the benefits of sleep. So, like, during sleep, apparently, everything cleans itself out. So we're either, what there was an analogy, you're either entertaining 
your guests or you're cleaning your house and preparing and mm. sort of you can't do both and the body and the mind are set up where you have to be doing one or the other so you're either doing stuff or you're sort of consolidating and, and cleaning up and putting things where they need to go and that's what we do at night um, besides the fact that it is important for metabolism and, and our immune system and yada yada yada. But where do we go but when we sleep just to get esoteric on you for not, a moment? You mean where does our consciousness go? Yeah, go? where I are don't you know, when man. you're sleeping, man? Is it like Avatar? Know. Do we wake up in another place? I don't know. It's a good question. That just, Avatar, I was thinking about that movie the other day. That was a great movie. That fascinates me. Yeah. We just, you just, when we look at someone they're sleeping, they look so peaceful and they're just gone. It's like, well, where are they? Yeah. Where are you? Come back. Which is just weird. That's yeah. such a weird phenomenon to me, this whole sleep thing. And, you know, watching the cats and stuff sleep, and you're like, where are they at right yeah. now? Their yeah. consciousness, if there's yeah. a such thing as consciousness. Um, where is it? And where do we go? And do you have fun in your your sleep? I know that's a whole other topic, isn't it, to start talking about dreams. So I won't open that up. I'm just... Well, maybe we can do it. Yeah, I mean, on, I, I like going dreams. to sleep. Of course, then I, you know, my children like are in their typical zone of hating to go to sleep because mm. it's like they just want to play forever all the time. Yeah. And like sleeping just seems really boring. Yeah, I don't like going to sleep either. I resist until I can't. And huh. I have to go to sleep because there's so, yeah, so many things. Like you said, there's That's lots of things saying. I like yeah, I to do. It's I like, know. Ah. Sleep's a waste of time. Wow. I tell you, I won't be getting any, like, plastic surgery when I get older, but I will take a pill to sleep less. Right. But then, you? you know, I'll probably, that'll happen naturally when I get older, won't it? People, yeah. my grandmother used to wake up at, you know, four in the yes. morning. Well you, well, you know, actually, when you brought this topic up, one of the things I, I wanted to do this now, because I'm not in the office or anything with a client for the next several days, like this morning I said I was up at three, but I don't get up at three because I know I've got... Uh, if I fall, get sleepy at 11, can I actually go to sleep at 11? But over the next couple of days, like tonight, if I wake up at 3, I'm going to get up. But just see what happens through the day if I just follow my natural but cycle. Then, but then if that woman on the TED Talk is right, you will have a natural time where you wake up and are just... You, the best thing to do is lay there in, in a state of meditative calm. Well, that's what said. I normally do. Well, that's right, but maybe yeah. that's like, that is part of the rhythm. I'm like there, like three, I was there till, th I was a wide awake at three, and I just laid there till about 4.30. And then and did then you fall up. back asleep? No. Then uh, I got up. All right. Well, that's what I'm saying. So tonight, if I'm wide awake like that again at three, all right. as in... Report back. My body wanted to move. My brain was like, come on, man. It just kept pushing me. Interesting. All right. And I was like, no, I don't want right. to get up. So yeah, it's my, my... Get up and then report back to us. And, and there's you. another question. Who were these two sides having conversations with themselves? Oh, good Lord. Because one side was saying, um, get the I hell up. Another one was saying, <laughs> well, no, I don't want to get up. Let's stay asleep. So that's a whole other thing to investigate. Who the hell was doing all that talking? <laughs> all right. Oh, did we, we wanted to do some announcements or something or another, didn't we? Yeah, we Let's did. Next no, we're here. Okay. You're still alive. Oh, hi. <laughs> uh, I'm just drinking my coffee. Um, well, if you have made it to the end of this epic other podcast, then, uh, yeah, we're, gonna, we're coming up on 100. That's right. Coming up on number 100. Episode and number our 100. first uh, question that we ever asked, episode one, all those years ago yeah. was the ultimate question. What is the ultimate what question? What is the ultimate question? So 
my theory is that you know there's that great scene in the matrix in the in the second one isn't it with um where he says it's the question that drives you it's that's the, the first one yeah oh is it okay yeah, yeah. so it's the question that drives you you know it it's as i did oh no i'm what thinking is the matrix? that's right <laughs> that's true but then in the second one it's the one fight scene where neo has to fight the Agent. Agent Smith. Yeah, that's right. And then they have that whole it's oh, the question that's that drives you again. But basically, I feel like that was about purpose. That one, it's purpose that drives. It uh, thrives. Oh, misquoted the Matrix to you. I'm just the worst now. Okay, so you and I both know. <laughs> no, go on. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like everyone has a question that drives them. That's like their ultimate question. And that might change, I think, over time. That is a good question for an episode because... I'm saying episode 100, dude. fantastic question. For everybody who's still listening, I did talk to him about this before we started recording. What's the question that drives you? Yeah. Because that relates to purpose. What's your ultimate question? What's the question that drives you? What's the question that drives you? Yeah. Which is different from the ultimate question. What's so the if question you, that drives That's you? right. So if you have made it all the way to here, we'll do an announcement every week from now yeah. on at the beginning. But if you've made it all the way to here and you, I want you to think about your ultimate question or what question is that's driving you and send it to us. Yeah. And you can do that on our Facebook page or on our, to our Twitter account or... In the group. Yeah. Anywhere that there's Havana Cafe podcast. All right, cool. That's it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. We have a goal for 2018 to grow our audience, our our community of contemplators like you, and we'd really appreciate your help. In fact, there's a few things that you can do quite easily that would really help us out a lot. One is by sharing it with other friends that you think might enjoy listening to the show. Another is going to iTunes and giving us a review, which will boost the algorithm and put the show out in front of more eyes that um, can, people can come across it. And you can financially support the show by going to the contribution section of our website. Thanks a lot.